Spring Forth Podcast, a ministry of the First Congregational Church of McGregor, Iowa. This recording has been made for the evening of May 31st. The audio is not the best. It is designed to give you a taste of the confirmation service that we held this morning. Good morning, everyone. It is good to see you here. I knew that we would have a crowd and we probably would have exceeded the comfortable capacity of our church. So good morning to you and God be with you. I want to open up with a few announcements. We are still in transition as a church. The council is currently in conversations on how best to return to our space. Still some details that we have to work out. But if any of you would like to contribute your two cents or more, hit us with an email or a text because we are eager to get back into our space. We are pleased to celebrate the rite of confirmation. This is a nice and wonderful beginning, and I am pleased to be with you today. Almighty God, on this day you opened the way to eternal life, to see every nation by the promised gift of your Holy Spirit. Shed abroad this gift throughout, through the world, by the preaching of the gospel, that it may reach the ends of the earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen. There is but one scripture that I've chosen for today, and it is the scripture that comes to us from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. It is the Pentecost passage, a reading from the letter of Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, And when suddenly from the heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared to them, and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at that sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each of them heard the native language of those who were speaking. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not those who were speaking Galileans? How is it then that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews, and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, in our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea. Indeed, these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, as God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. You, your young men, shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in heaven, and signs on earth below, blood, fire, and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. 
Then everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of the Holy Word. Let us pray. Beloved and most merciful God, we give you thanks for this opportunity to gather, to see one another, to be in your creation. Gathered here not only to acknowledge the accomplishments of the labors of our confirmands, but to celebrate once again the day of Pentecost, the day in which you have birthed and formed the church. It is a fitting day to celebrate these many achievements. We ask, Lord, that your blessing be upon us, that you would continue to keep us secure and safe moving forward, but also radiating your grace and your glory. May you bless, keep, and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a saying, you probably wouldn't eat sausage if you knew how it was made. Now, for those of you who make sausage, you know the game. Getting to this point today, this service, getting our confirmands to their achievement, a lot of sausage was being made. <laughs> a lot of behind-the-scenes work, a lot of conversations, agony, tears, frustrations with uploads and downloads and all the stuff in between. But we're here. We're here, and these confirmands have earned their right to be welcomed into the church. We need to take a look at this passage that we have of those first scared disciples, those individuals who didn't quite know what was going to become of them after their Lord and their Savior Jesus Christ decided to just ascend to heaven. He did give them the assurance that they would not be orphaned. He gave them the confidence that they would not be alone and that everything that he had taught them during their time together, that spirit would continue to remind them of those teachings and they could live in that truth and in that reality. That call has not changed over the ages. The call to those disciples is the very same call that we ourselves contend with every day when we reconnect ourselves to the gospel. When we ask ourselves, and what is it that I am called to do with my gifts and my unique presence? How is it that I'm supposed to go forth and to serve this world, to bless this world? These are not easy questions, but they are questions that we need to ask, because if we don't ask them, we'll have no desire to answer them. We'll have no desire to push forward and to truly see the limitless nature of our faith. But look at the response when those divided tongues of fire came and sat down upon those unsuspecting individuals, each one of them receiving the ability to speak in a language which was not their native tongue. They began to expound the richness and the boldness of what God was doing. And there was a festival that was taking place, the festival of the Passover. So they had surrounding foreigners who were in the area. And they were overwhelmed. They were amazed. They said, these men are Galilean. These are local guys. But yet they are speaking directly to us. They are speaking God's wonders and God's deeds. And we can understand them. What does this mean? Now, of course, in every gathering, there are a couple of cynics, maybe more than is the comfortable allotment. And the scripture tells us that there are a few skeptics there and saying, oh, I can explain this. I know these guys. They're drunk. That's what the problem is. They've had too much to drink. They're babbling. Don't pay no attention to them. They're fools. But Peter, and, and this could be lost 
on a lot of us who, who haven't made our way through the Gospels and understand that Peter so often in the Gospels always spoke without thinking. He was always the first one to try to make sense of what Jesus was, was teaching. And he was usually a little off the mark, very decidedly human, eager to want to get in there and say, yes, I'm going to clarify this. And then, and then he had to be corrected. But this time, Peter steps up to the defense of those maligned disciples and says, it's not what you think it is. They're not drunk, for it is only 9 o'clock in the morning. I didn't know you couldn't get drunk before 9 o'clock in the morning, but apparently in the scriptures, you, you can't tie one on before 9 in the morning. 9.01 maybe, but not 9. And he says, these men are not drunk as you suppose. He says, but what you were saying was what was promised to us. The promise of the Holy Spirit. And it's like Peter's, the lamp is going off above Peter's head. He says, wait a minute. Jesus was talking about this. He says, I will not leave you orphaned. I will send to you the Holy Spirit. So they were always had their eyes open as to when and where that was going to happen. And now that it's taking place, and now that these men are extolling in a varieties of tongues, Peter's like, this is it. This is the moment. This is the moment of truth. I've got to explain it to everyone. So he explains it to them and says, what you are seeing is not what you think it is. This is the work of the Spirit. The Spirit has come to rest upon these individuals, to empower them now. So they have this gift, this ability, this gift of tongues that they can take into the world and go to various and disparate regions and proclaim the gospel. Sometimes you should be careful what you ask for. I think we should always be careful what we ask for. And these individuals so wanted to make sure that their time with Jesus was not wasted. Their three years of ministry together, Jesus opened their eyes, opened their hearts, opened their minds to a way that we could live and to a world that we could inhabit and dwell in. In a way that we could interact with one another. And when he was given up on the cross, and they saw him three days later, their minds were, you know, they're pulled one way, he's dead, and then they're pulled another way, he lives again. And they asked themselves, what does this mean for us? And then he tells them, you know, we're not always going to be hanging out. <laughs> I didn't spring forth from the tomb so we could go back to business as usual. I got places I got to be. But here's the deal. My spirit will keep you in tune with what I taught you. But you are going to have to go into the world bearing nothing but my message. And when you take that message into the world, people will come to know that you belong to me by the way that you engage them. So they have this moment. They're receiving the tongues. They now have this, this wonderful gift and ability. But what does that mean? That means they've got to leave their homeland. They've got to leave their respective area. They've got to go to where this language is embraced where this language is understood and they have to go into places where they have a message and maybe even speak to an audience that doesn't necessarily want to hear what they have to say. But God is with them. And when God is with you, you don't really weigh too much the details of what will happen when I get there. It's God says I need to go there. So I go. Today, as we prepare to confirm nine individuals who have made their way through a course of study and a time of preparation, thank you for watching the video. The counts just keep ticking up, so obviously somebody's taking it in. Maybe you were even taking it in on your way to church today.
Probably why you were late, because you shouldn't be watching videos on your way to church. <laughs> As we prepare to transition these individuals, where they are now taking stock of their faith, they're now saying, I, I choose. Mom, dad didn't choose this for me. Maybe mom and dad did some arm twisting back in the day. You're going to go through confirmation. I went through confirmation. You must do this. Why do I have to do this? Just, just do it. Don't ask. You're going to do it. And you set them loose in the church. And then, through some conversations and some reading, they began to say, you know what? Okay. I can write this chapter myself. I can choose how I want to model Christ in the world. I can choose how I want to reflect my faith and my understanding of God. We have to give these youth opportunity to find their voice, to be able to speak in a language that they understand, a language of their generation, to be able to, to carry faith, not the way that we would practice it, but the way that they need to practice it, so they can inhabit and take stock of this world that we all share. Some of us on the latter ends of this life. But they are just coming into their own. So there's a lot that's riding on this day as we acknowledge their achievement, not just for the sake of celebration, but for the acknowledgement that these are individuals who are taking a giant leap to say yes to God. When some of us adults are still on the fence. But they want to say yes to God. They want to say, I am going to... I don't know what it all means yet. <laughs> I haven't sorted it out. And it, and it may take a lifetime, because I think it does. But I'm going to say yes today. In front of all these individuals. Part of them who have become my faith narrative. So I congratulate you. I congratulate you, because this is not an easy decision to make. But you have made it. And so you shall be able to reap the reward that comes with having made that difficult decision. How are any of us any different, though, from these individuals that we acknowledge today? How are we any different from these disciples? Because they didn't know it stretched out before them. They had no idea. If they, if they had known, I had mentioned this in one of my, one of the videos, I'm posting a lot of stuff lately. I had mentioned that these all but one of the disciples died a violent death. They were all martyred in some way. They, they, they met the pointy end of the sword. And if they had known that, if God said, well, you do realize that there might be some pain, there might be some discomfort, there might be some unpleasantness if you decide to go and be my disciples. And if he asked for a show of hands, who's, who's down for this? I think they all would have been like, Jesus is always saying stuff like that. He's just trying to panic us. But he's like, look what they did to me. <laughs> I got the scars to prove it. But once they received that gift, they went boldly into the world. And they ministered. And they wrote. And they fashioned... They fashioned... What are our spiritual ancestors? You know, the only reason that we are here is because there was somebody that was down the line before us who said, hey, this, this is pretty good stuff. I think I want to tell someone about this. 
and they told someone, and they told someone, and so on, and so on, and before you know it, a movement took hold. And this gospel took root. And people began to live and dwell in its truth. And lives were transformed. And behavior was modified. And people were redirected without the usual heavy arm-twisting tactics. Because God spoke to us within. If we remember anything from this moment that we have right now, is that there is tremendous liberty in faith. Not every house of worship demonstrates that. Yeah, I'll go on record. I say a lot of crazy things. Not every house of worship demonstrates a tremendous liberty in faith. We are trying to model that. And it is hard work. It is hard work to try to model a church and a faith that not only recognizes the value and the importance of individuals, but says you and you have a part to play. Because we can't, and we did not get to this point solely on our own merit. Because of our good looks and our fancy gale manners. We got here because there was someone in the trenches who was praying for us. There was someone who brought wisdom and edification to our minds and says, you know what, maybe we should try it this way. There was somebody who was patient. And because of that patience, we got a second chance. We found renewal. We found something to believe in. Pentecost is an incredible day. I should have reminded everyone to wear red, but some of you drove red cars. That's good enough for me. But it is the, the, the moment where we realize that it's like the church is being handed to us. It's being entrusted to us. No more do as I do, but it is now take this gospel and let it animate you and live in accordance with that truth and tell everyone you know about the living God. And if we can manage to do that with the course of the time that we have left in this world, we can find no better conceit of ourselves. Amen. I would like the confirmands to stand where they are at. Please rise, confirmands. And they're all even temporary about that. <laughs> they're like, after that sermon, man, we're not going anywhere. Okay. Almighty God, who in baptism received these your servants into the church, forgave their sins, and promised them eternal life, increase in them the gifts of your Holy Spirit, grant love for others, joy in serving you, peace in disagreement, patience in suffering, kindness towards all people, goodness in evil times, faithfulness in temptation, gentleness in the face of opposition self-control in all things, and thereby strengthen them for their ministry in the world. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. At this time, I invite parents and baptismal sponsors to place your hands upon your confirmand. And add a little pressure so they know God is in there, in that grip. And I invite the congregation as a whole to join me in this prayer. Let us pray. O oh God, in the grace of Jesus Christ, accept these your servants, Cole, Gracelyn, Ayla, Caitlin,
Dylan, Ella, Bryce, Abby, Kaylee. Through the water of baptism, nourish them, the power of your Holy Spirit, that they may serve you in the world. We rejoice, O merciful God, that these people, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and in the Spirit's power to awaken us to new truth and to inspire us to venture into the fullness of life. We give you thanks that they have been moved to affirm their baptism, help them to live not for themselves, but for Christ and those whom Christ loves. Keep them steady and abounding in hope, never giving up, and pressing towards the goal of life with you in Jesus Christ. Amen. By your baptism, you were made one with us in the body of Christ the Church. Today, we rejoice in your confirmation, for you have labored many hours to reach this day. The congregation welcomes you and celebrates you in the presence of this community of faith. God, I'm on my knees again. God, I'm begging, please, again, I need you, oh, I need you, walking down these desert roads, water for my thirsty soul, I need you, oh, I need you, your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a symphony to my ears. It's like holy water on my skin. Dead men are walking, slave to sin. I want to know about being born again. I need you. Oh, God, I need you. So take me to the riverside. Take me under baptize. I need you. Oh, God, I need you. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a symphony to my ears. It's like holy water on my skin. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a symphony to my ears. It's like holy water on my skin. Oh, 
It's like holy water on my skin. It's like holy water on my skin. It's like holy water on my skin. Lee and Jeff. Receive this blessing in the Spirit of God. Beloved and most merciful God, behold your people gathered here, created in your image and imbued with your gifts. Glory abounds. We thank you for this time that you have given us, for this opportunity of a reunion, and for the opportunity to celebrate the achievement of so many individuals. Set your seal upon them, Lord. Fill them with your grace your compassion. Help them to be shining in bright lights in this world, each and every one gathered here, each and every one viewing through Facebook. Allow all of your people to manifest your finest gifts, loving you and neighbor. May the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you now and always. May it keep you and guide you in peace. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Give us your gifts in the chair. We're going to bring the chair forward so you know exactly where to plant those checks. God bless you. Thank you for being here.